So we're driving along. We're listening to this pretty gruesome murder podcast. So I didn't know it was going to be that gruesome. We just like chose one and it was about the eyeball killer. It's about someone who like cut out people's eyes after they after he killed them. <laughs> and you're driving around. You're like, um, yo, I have a surprise for you. I, I- <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to I'm the Villain. So we had, between the two of us, one proposal and two breakups in like the last like fucking two weeks. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. Um, So I am engaged. Um, (laughs) So can um, you... What what a time to be alive. I know. (laughs) So... What a fucking time to be alive. so, So what... Give me a play by play of the engagement, right? Because that happened this weekend, right? Very hot off the press. Yes, and I will say, like, with a caveat that (laughs) you know, there's like some like level of like leaning into it, and then that I'm trying to. There's a there's a line between leaning into it and like being obnoxious that I'm trying to skate, right? What do you mean exactly? I feel like when people get engaged, it's like, they're like, oh my God, I just got engaged. It's my whole life now. Like, I'm such a better person, whatever. And I guess more for me than for our listeners, I'm trying to communicate that that's, I'm trying to not be that person, but I will give the play by play. Um, so it starts out on a Saturday morning or Saturday early afternoon. My partner and I very commonly do what we what we refer to as spooky drives. And those are we'll go out, go for a drive and we'll listen to a true crime podcast. Right. Spooky because of murder. And um, my idea was to build the proposal at a spot that would be near like our route for a spooky drive. So I could like maintain maintain secrecy until like we were doing it right so we often go to mount vernon and then we'll like we'll drive back to dc proper from there and at mount vernon there's a really nice um like big lake or big river the potomac so i had my friends make a surprise picnic at the potomac at a spot and um so we're driving along we're listening to this pretty gruesome murder podcast so i didn't know it was going to be that gruesome we just like chose one and it was about the eyeball killer. It's about someone who like cut out people's eyes after they, after he killed them. <laughs> and you're driving around. You're like, um, yo, I have a surprise for you. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> like, I was, oh, shit. I, it was, <laughs> I was kind of glad that it was super gruesome because I was super or nervous, proposal. but I forgot. <laughs> yeah. But I forgot about the, the seriousness of the proposal Yeah, because of how ridiculous this was. It was crazy. Yeah. Like just hearing about this dude that, fucking cut people's eyes out mm-hmm. um so <laughs> <laughs> and then you pull over so, on the side of the road <laughs> we pull into this park area that's like looking over the river and you know i'm like yo what's up i got a surprise for you ma i don't say that i say um hey let's let's check this out and then like i roll us up to like a surprise picnic and then um we propose or we propose, I propose. She says yes. Um, pomp and circumstance, so nice, whatever. 
we have some cheese, some champagne, some wine, some crackers, and we're there for like two hours. Then we go kill some time at like a local brewery. And then we go back to her apartment where I've arranged for my friends to make a surprise dinner for us. So they have like a surprise dinner waiting. And then we booked, a, I booked a hotel, a king suite at a hotel. That was kind of a meme for us, the hotel. It's the home two suites mm-hmm. by Hilton. Okay. It's a Hilton chain. And the, the only meme is that like we were once coming back from a trip and we were trying to drive through a snowstorm and it got too crazy. So we had to like seek shelter at a random hotel. Like we were in the fucking seventies, right? Like we like pulled over at a hotel and like, do you have a free room? And they're like, yes. But the first place that we pulled over was the best Western. And the best Western was a sack of shit. Mm. And my girl, you know, some of my listeners might know her, but for those of you that don't, she's not really trying to be in a place that's like gross or dirty or like kind of run down. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I was like, babe, let's just, let's just book another hotel room. So we left that hotel and booked another hotel room at the home two suites, which is right next door. And our experience there was so good that it like kind of became like a, a fun meme for us as a couple. Mm-hmm. Here's my question. <clears throat> was, was, was she like, how was her reaction to there just being a picnic there? Is it obvious? Like, did it have like her name or something? Cause like, I can imagine just you walk up to a random picnic blanket with stuff there that that's not like, you're not going to assume that it's for you. Right. You're right. So I put a lot of thought into this. A lot of a thought into like these logistics, like these like kind of minutia moments where, you know, like if you're just like, if you're just walking towards a picnic, it could easily be anyone's. So there is a speaker there that we're playing that was playing songs that were familiar to us. And also, I mean, like I was I was happy to acknowledge that this is a surprise that I had for her once the picnic was in view, you know, mm-hmm. like. The jig is kind of up at that point. Like something special is obviously happening. Yeah. And if you're doing it right, they should know that they're going to be proposed to at some point. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, because all the fucking crazy streets that are like proposing to people and not asking them before or not talking about it before, batshit crazy. Yeah. Right? It couldn't be me. So, you know, so she sees the picnic and I'm like, babe, I got a surprise for us. And that's this. Right. And then it's the thing. Right. And then she immediately knows what's happening. But that's fine. Mm-hmm. Because I've, I've, I've kept a cover of secrecy up until this point, and a lot of work has gone into the keeping the secrecy up to this point. Okay, right? here's, so here's my other question. I saw these Instagram pictures of you. Who are taking these? Did uh-huh. you get someone to hide in the bushes to take photos of you? <laughs> like- <laughs> Great question. Great question. So a lot of so this is a big debate. A lot of people want photographs of their proposal, mm-hmm. right? My partner didn't necessarily want that. They weren't like decided. You know, she was like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So. I decided to forego it, and the pictures that you saw were from our friends coming back to tear down the picnic, and we like met up for a little tiny photo shoot. Oh, gotcha. Before, before we got on with the rest of our day, and, and they tore down the picnic. Got it. Okay. Cool. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, I put a lot of thought into it, and it's weird that you, you know, put a lot of thought into like making this thing that's very special for a thing that's kind of fake like marriage right um and then it happens and then you're like okay we're engaged now and like and like it feels very surreal in that way Mm -hmm. you know because like really nothing has changed but Mm -hmm. um 
a good excuse to like throw a party for a weekend. Well, I guess my question is, even if really nothing has changed, do you feel like something has changed? Even like, is there a psychological shift? No. No. Okay. I'd say there's no psychological shift, and that's what I've and that's what I've heard. Like that tracks with what I've heard from other people that I know that are married mm-hmm. or are engaged. You know, it's like I don't know. I mean. I think that I still try to remain critical of the institution, even as I'm like choosing to engage with it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and that's kind of what I was, that's kind of the spirit behind what I led this conversation off with, which is like, I'm not trying to like lean into it too much because, you know, I don't think that it necessarily should feel that different, right? Like what is, what is that different besides a ring and like a promise to let the government into your relationship at some point? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like a promise to life build, but we'd already, discussed life building together yeah so i don't know it's weird um but it you know it was nice to have people celebrating us for a weekend (laughs) yeah um and it felt nice as like uh i don't know you know commitment to build life together i said this on i said this on the last podcast or not the last podcast but the last podcast that we had that talked about this which is that i wouldn't be doing this if i were in a monogamous relationship um what do you mean by this exactly i wouldn't be i wouldn't be getting married to someone oh okay ironically Mm -hmm. um because i don't i don't believe in the idea that you know you should be pledging your entirety of life to someone like romantically sexually whatever but the idea of like you know a nice commitment with someone that I feel like I want to build my life with while we're both like exploring everything at the same time. That feels nice. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you feel like that uh, would or could ever appeal to you in some way? Like, do you imagine yourself ever getting in, ever getting into a marriage situation, even if it's non-traditional? Oh my God. No, I <laughs> couldn't do it. No, I feel as if so. Okay. So I just went through a breakup. Right. And yeah. The the interesting part of it was that, like, uh, it was so much easier for, like, I feel like there was a certain resistance that I had. This, you know, the, it sort of, like, lasted, like, over a six-month period. And for most of that time, like, Asher was feeling really, like... I was not supporting him emotionally, you know, right. because uh, like I was like pretty defensive over feeling like, you know, I wanted to be like having sex with whoever I want outside of our relationship. And even sure. though he wasn't like attacking me per se, I just like felt very much like I'm the cause of him feeling bad. And so like, right. you know, it's just really difficult for me to sort of like be warm and emotionally supportive in the way that he needed at that time. And as soon as he like, he went on a trip and then came back and was like, you know, I am breaking up with you. As soon as he said that, I was so much more able to do all of those things that he wanted me to do. I was so much more right. able. There's to a be crazy warm. phenomenon that happens there. Yeah. Where you're like, it's like the feeling of feeling obligated to do something mm-hmm. or feeling like it's your responsibility to take to care for this person mm-hmm. is incredibly stifling, you know, and it, it's like there's nothing that makes you want want to do that less than feeling like you have to do it. 
Yeah. And so like there was just it was like such a light switch kind of shift where I was just like, oh, like I, like now that I'm sort of doing this, not I don't really quite have an obligation to do this. And I'm doing this out of like the goodness of my own heart. I'm so much more able to sort of be generous with my like emotional capacity. Right. You know, because there's so much baggage associated with the with the relationship itself. Right. Exactly. You know. And like you're like, oh, it's ending. Fantastic. We can like start new, you know? Right. Because like I feel as if so much of like the the best like the course over the course of like a relationship, I feel like, you know, well, I mean, obviously, like the trope is at the best time is sort of the honeymoon period. And I but I think like part of the reason for that is because it's sort of like your baseline is just being single, right? Like compared to being single. Like, obviously, there's so much shit about being in a relationship that is awesome, right? And you're only seeing the positives because, like, that's your baseline. And then I feel like the longer and longer you get into a relationship, your baseline really shifts and you start to normalize and, like, see a lot of those things that you get out of being in a relationship as being right. kind of default, right? Like, yeah, yeah you know, of course yeah, we do this, like, right? yeah, I have, Yeah, I have a life partner and that just feels like your normality. Right. And it's easy to kind of... You know, I don't want to take that for granted because like it feels like. But yeah, I think that is basically what it is, right? Like, I think it's just sort of like, you know, it's easier. Like we were in a relationship for like almost seven years, right? To over time not see those like really positive elements of the relationship as being such a like awesome, like, wow, like this is so great that I have this companionship and I have this intimacy with somebody. It's so much easier to be like, oh, my God, like like just paying attention to flaws and like various ways in which you're not aligned and like is this going to be an issue can i really because then i think your baseline that you're comparing to is your ideal relationship as opposed to being single and that's like really hard to live up to yes you know what i mean like it's like the whole like you know it's like a whole 180 yeah so i feel like the thing that really helps me avoid this feeling Mm -hmm. is like the virtues of non-monogamy mm-hmm. um which you and your ex haven't really or didn't really start exploring until later much later into the relationship well we we were open for like five years of this of yes. uh, like almost seven years as a as a as a virtue of being long distance yeah exactly. Right? yeah but then i feel like when it got complicated for you was when like we're living in the same place yeah i think living together was the kicker i think like when we were long distance like being open was like so not a issue at all. Right. You know, because it's just very out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. Do you think that was like, that was the whole thing? Like it was just like out of sight or do you think anything changed in like the way that you engaged with other people mm. romantically? At least? I think that uh, for me, I was using my sexual relationship with this other person that I was hooking up with as a coping mechanism to deal with, feeling the isolation of moving to a new place during the pandemic, right. feeling this like, you know, resentment towards, you know, my partner because I didn't want to be the, from a feminist perspective, I didn't want to be the type of person who moved to another city for their partner. Like there was like Right. I feel like I could analyze this for years. Yeah. I mean, you have a lot of <laughs> dynamics going. Oh my god, there's so know? many dynamics. So there's definitely no one thing where I can be like, "Oh, this is it." You know. Right. <laughs> um <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, there was nothing even close to that kind of nuance in the like before I was really just like hooking up with people. It was no 
big deal at all. Like it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like kind of like fun and casual. Right. So, but you found someone in the past, like, you know, X amount of months mm-hmm. that you really, really, really love hooking up with. Right. 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 Um, do you think if you'd found that some, someone like that, for example, while you were in DC, do you think your ex would have been self-conscious about that too? Or do you think it's like all the proximity? That's, I mean, that's a good there are a lot of, I don't, there are a lot of ties around all of this. Right. Right. So, uh, I don't know. I think that like, it would be way easier to handle. Right. If we were long distance, yeah, I definitely sure. don't know that it would have been totally, uh, seamless, you know? Um, right. cause that was something that i think like was triggering of like previous relationship trauma for him and stuff like that so i i definitely don't think that that would have been like a perfectly like issue free situation right do you think you're take are you taking away anything from this breakup like do you have any big lessons in your head yet oh my god yeah (laughs) what do you think they are well i think that i so like actually this kind of harkens back to our suffering episode which was like one of like I want to say like, like 13 or something like really yeah, early. It was my second episode that I did like 12. With, with us. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember we were having a conversation with our friend Hanyu at that time where we were like, oh, you know, like, you know, both Hanyu and I have been like, oh, we don't we haven't really suffered very much, you know? <laughs> yeah. And like, <laughs> you know, and I was like, dude, you got to try it. It really adds a lot of spice to life. <laughs> it certainly promotes character development. That's for sure. Uh, yeah. And so I think for me, there was no time previously that I had really been asked to do something that I didn't really want to do and like really right. suck it up like seriously for the purpose asked. of. Yeah, exactly. Like for the, for the purpose of like no, there's no even within a, like within the, the context of a romantic relationship or in the context of friendship or even my parents, like nothing, like no relationship had ever been like really asking me to do something that was like a, like that difficult for me. And like, I was just very unwilling, you know, yeah. because I'm like, I think I can definitely have the capacity to be like, you know, a very like, caring emotionally mature person 99% of the time right but like that's not something that (laughs) (laughs) like you know like I feel like that's true for most people right like it's like the whole notion of like you know if you're on the desert island would you kill your friend and eat them like you don't know right (laughs) yeah you don't know you don't know you need to figure it out you need to see yeah and when you when like when pedal came to the metal for you you realize like that's not something that I'm willing to compromise on like your sexual habits yes and then but like it was really more about my like your autonomy well yes it was about all that stuff but like you know from from you know asher's perspective it was a lot more about my ability to like support him when he was feeling bad and like do the emotional communication and take accountability when there were actual things that i was fucking up on and I was definitely not good at that. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's like, like, yeah. I mean, he wrote this like four page Google doc, right? I asked him to do that. I was like, yo, I would really appreciate if you just sit down and like write something down for me, because like, it's just a lot easier for me as a very, like in that particular way, our personalities are just very different. Like I'm very type A. I want a bulleted list. I want a memo, you know? <laughs> oh, I'm the exact same way with my with my like 
like I would rather have a serious conversation over text any fucking day Mm -hmm. because like it means that I can sit down write down and like organize my thoughts and like think about what I'm gonna say before I say it right because I feel like I can sit with whatever someone else is saying too and like read it over and over again you know right because I think when it's that serious and it's so emotionally loaded like you're just not your best communicator right no no (laughs) I've learned that I mean like I also so I broke up I broke up with someone Mm -hmm. on the fucking like Monday I think either the week before or the or like two weeks before I was going to propose to my partner Mm -hmm. you know so like a lot of confluence of experiences happening right in my life around one time (laughs) right Uh, and one of I mean yeah I just like I my last relationship that recently ended had pushed me to places that I had not been in a really long time Mm -hmm. in terms of like like being angry or like wanting to argue or feeling like there's something I need to say or whatever and I was kind of shocked at how much or how bad I was at communicating certain ideas in the moment in the middle of an argument Mm -hmm. you know and like and to the point where like I started like pre-writing down stuff that I know that I knew I needed to say or knew I or knew I needed to express Mm -hmm. because yeah like and I feel like I mean is there an element to like wanting serious conversations to be over text because I want to not have to deal with like the emotional labor that comes with like watching someone cry or like having to tell someone no and like watching their reaction absolutely that's like that's a lot of it for me Mm -hmm. but also I do legitimately think that I'm better and articulating my thoughts and my emotions if I have time to sit, sit sit with it and think about it. Right. But it, that feels pretty counter to what you're expected to do if you're going to argue with someone or hash it out with someone or break up with someone. Right. You know? It's so funny because I feel as if like our society considers like the quote unquote like, you know, respectful thing to do is to like do things in person like that. Right. But I yes. feel as if like having people write things down is really underrated oh my god like i it's i tell it to my friends all the time dude like if you're going into a big conversation and you feel like there's shit you need to say write it down mm-hmm. and you right. don't have to read off like it like it's a script but like it's so easy to get lost in the moment like lost in the sauce of an argument or whatever yeah you know and like trying to react to something in real time especially if you were not expecting to have to oh. react to something really like stressful in real time like it's just so easy for that kind of interaction to go wrong and for you to say the wrong thing and that and like that you wouldn't necessarily say if you had a couple minutes or hours to consider it yes you know my last the person that i broke up with had this like like really would often fixate on something that i said Mm -hmm. like in the conversations and like often like quote it like would be talking to me via messaging and be like you said this and then put what i said in quotes mm-hmm. and like you know and like it's just so much harder to have to like yeah just make those kinds of hard decisions about or choose your words carefully when there's like a swirl of other shit happening around you and even like i think this works in the other direction too like not even like say you have a big discussion coming up and it's like you know it's going to be positive say you're talking you know you know you're going to talk to your partner about maybe getting married tomorrow mm-hmm. like or maybe like moving in together is like stuff that you feel like would be a positive change. Still worth probably writing down like any questions or concerns that you might have because it's really easy to get caught up in the 
those like the positive side of those emotions too. Right. So I really, really wish that like <laughs> that like doing things via text was more acceptable in our society because like I I'm just so much better at it. I know, and like it feels like I think there's a lot of like stigma around it feeling maybe clinical or like you're treating it like you know you know you're like oh you know like it, it, you're you're not like this isn't a job or whatever. But like, I really appreciate like a a mutual friend of ours, like, you know, had a little retreat, right. With their partner when they were trying to like open up their like relationship. Right. And I was like, and they literally had like a workbook and everything. And I was like, that's exactly, I feel like the kind of energy that I feel like more people should have around like being that intentional about their relationship. Yeah. My, my partner and I are doing like a 30 day action challenge right now. where like, we're getting like a uh, a question and an action prompt a day that like you know urges reflection. Yeah. And I found like yeah, it's like I it's wild how I've been dating this person for 5 years and at some point in that time like active reflection or active reflection on your relationship does kind of go out the window. Like you just stop doing it. Right, cuz you're Cause you, like, you're like oh well you assume why? that yeah, we're together. Yeah. It's fine. And I like I'm learning I I'm learning shit about her, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I I proposed to her on fucking Saturday, and I'm still learning stuff about her. And you started like, you started this thing when like on Saturday? No, we're on like day twenty two. Oh, okay, now. yeah. So we're pretty deep into it. Mm-hmm. But the idea of yeah, like active reflection as you go, even to me as someone that like touts you know communication as being the thing, that's still kind of gone to the wayside. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways. So you say you you say you have reflections or like lessons learned. Like, what are some of those things that you feel like you're you're gonna carry with you and in, in your future endeavors from your breakup? I I really was was very like against this notion of like putting aside quote unquote like rationality in like the yeah. in the context of like an emotional conversation because I felt as if that was like. I just like didn't know how to operate in that space. You know, I was like, what do you mean? Like you're having this emotion and it doesn't make sense. Like, just think about it. And (laughs) and if it doesn't make sense, like don't do it or whatever, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Like I was just really not good at figuring out like, you know what, like what, what that actually meant to sort of like put your sort of like rational ideas self aside and just be you don't even like it's not it doesn't even have to necessarily be like a talking thing right Right. like even if you like just the idea for me that like okay someone is upset because of something that i did and instead of like being defensive and like yelling back at them and like defending myself just hugging them like those are such oppositional things right you know (laughs) (laughs) so do you feel you feel like you're pretty solutions oriented Mm-hmm. Like if there's yeah, like you want to be able to figure out a solution to this issue, and if not, why are we talking about it? Or if we right. can't, then why are we talking? Right, about right. It? If you if you don't have the ability to sort of like, you know, make a change in the situation based on like careful consideration, then like forget about it. Like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm like not as extreme as you, but I definitely veer into that territory where it's like, you know, if. I, I like you need to own your shit. Like if if there's something happening in your head and it's like affecting the way you you feel about us, then like 
what's up? You know, what, like, what can I do about it? And if I can't do anything about it, then why are we talking about it? But I've had to, I've definitely had to soften up on that a little bit. Right. Cause part of the situation, I guess, is just like supporting people. Yeah. And also like, even if it is something that I think is like batshit crazy, like it just doesn't matter. Right. Like yeah, it, it doesn't it's, matter. It, it's really irrelevant. <laughs> it's really, it's yeah. It's quite like, yeah. Logistics really go out the window. Yeah. When you're like, trying to be emotionally supportive to somebody mm-hmm. like even if like th- this is this is something that our couples therapist talked about was like you know uh gave they gave me an analogy of like okay you come in i don't remember if i talked about this on the last episode or not but like and you take your shoes off and then your partner starts like you know sobbing or whatever because you took your shoes off and then like the the reason like she had presented this analogy to me is because she was like you will not understand, right? It's it's not, you know, even if it's something that doesn't make any sense to you, you can still be like, you know, I'm really sorry that this has affected you in this way and like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, right. And it doesn't matter that it's something that to you really like doesn't make any sense. Right. You know, the yeah. thing that I really still couldn't quite figure out the next step to after that was like, are you just supposed to not take your shoes off? Right. Yeah, that's the real question. Yeah. Right. Like, if you know, if if this person has this thing that might be a little illogical, but you know, sets them off, what do you do about it? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, and I think that that's a function of how important that thing is to you. Right. And I think I think in your case, right, you had a very good reason to, or, you know, or like whatever. I'm not like trying to take sides. But well, also, it's not. It doesn't even matter whether it's a good reason or not. At the end of the day, right? It's really right. more about the personal it stuff. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't to them, but there is there. It has to come into play at some point to me, mm-hmm. right? About like, you know, like you're not willing to make this change because it's really important to you that you're be, you're able to behave in this way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just about whatever for you. Sex mm-hmm. is about other stuff too. It's about your identity and like, principally, how you feel you should be able to act and things like that. Sure. And you have to, you know, that has to somehow get weighed. With the fact that like this thing makes your partner upset, even if it like isn't entirely logical. Sure. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is I from a from a quote unquote like taking side standpoint, I feel like yes, like I understand my own perspective, but I do think that like if in any breakup there's such a thing as like having sides, like I'm de- or like ha- not having sides, but like having someone be right and wrong, like I'm certainly the one who's in the wrong here. <laughs> like <laughs> You know? Well, I think that I think within the traditional confines, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I think that, you know, and I'm I'm closer with you than I am with your ex. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, whatever this bias here. But I do think that. Certainly there are times where you could have behaved in a more in a more in a better way. Yeah. Right. Like you could have been more considerate. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, But I I view like the idea of asking someone like hey can you make this request that's a big deal to you because or can you do this for me even though it like is important to you because it makes me sad even though i know it shouldn't make or even though i know it's not logical or whatever mm-hmm. or doesn't like, align with what i believe either because like if you were right, a pure monogamous person it would make perfect sense right sure but you two weren't right right so i i think that there was like legitimate or there's like legitimate real concern about like okay but like i stopped doing this and then what you know and then what happens right like what Mm -hmm. like 
I stopped doing this and then, you know, like eventually I start hooking up, but not with that same person. And what if you start feeling this way again? You know, it's like, I think that there's like, it's kind of first order. It's kind of first order thinking to me to be like for, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll satisfy this request for you. And then everything's going to be peachy keen. Right. Like, it's like, I don't know. It's, it was like, it wasn't just sex. It was like a big indicative of, of a big difference in principles. Yeah. And I think it's hard because I think, you know, like obviously it's difficult to imagine an ambiguous like future. Right. Where like you don't know, like maybe maybe it is the case where I stop having the sex with this one particular person. And in the future, like you'll be totally fine. Like, I don't know. It doesn't like like I said, like a lot of this stuff does seem to be in this not logical sort of like zone for a lot of people. So it's just like, yeah, maybe it doesn't really quite make sense but like maybe maybe that kind of thing does happen right yeah maybe yeah like yeah you know it is what it is yeah <laughs> like it's just impossible <laughs> to say right it's impossible to say whether you know it's impossible like whether other people can change and how quickly that can happen like whether that's like a real thing yeah. it's a shame that people oftentimes just put their breakups, too. breakups result in like one person seeming more villainous than the other you know, yeah. oftentimes it's just two people trying to do their thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the, the main question is basically whether the nicer thing for me to have done, assuming I still wanted to sort of do all of the things that I wanted, would, like, would it actually have been nicer for me to break up with him knowing that I think our, our goals for our romantic relationship were unaligned? And both of us knew that, but I think... uh. I had very much felt like it would be more shitty of me to be like, oh, I'm like having sex with this other person is making you uncomfortable and I'm going to break up with you. But I don't know, maybe in retrospect, it would have been nicer to say, look, I don't think that we're really aligned on this. We've known we're not aligned on this. And like, let's just, you know, go our separate ways. Yeah, I don't. I think that there's there's kind of no right answer. I think I feel similarly to my situation Totally, where I was like, you know, there were times like months in the past where I was like, I'm not sure if this is going to work, you know, or like, I'm not sure if we're going to come together on this. And I opted to keep working on it and keep like, you know, seeing what was up and like, you know, like, okay, like there isn't really a rush here. We have time to build this out and see what's up. And, you know, did I do us both a disservice by not just recognizing misalignment and then ending it immediately, Mm -hmm. you know, but it would have felt cruel to do so. And I did and I did want to I had legitimate interest in seeing if we could work things out, Mm -hmm. you know, and people's, Um, you know, often do work things out, even if they're pretty misaligned. Right. Yeah. I think especially in a context of like. Of like non-monogamy where, you know, this person that I broke up with, like we were not primary partners. And, you know, to me that that felt like a little freeing in the sense of, okay, we have some space here to figure out what works for us situationally. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but um, I don't know. Do you feel like your breakup <laughs> would you say that it went bad or good? Or do you have any kind of take like that? Like, oh, this is this this went really bad. Oh, no. There were certain times when Asher was like, you're a great person to dump. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're like kicking it. You're fine. Well, I think 
a lot of it has to just do with the fact that like I don't pretty much take anything personally. Like my ego is pretty bulletproof. Like I do- <laughs> <laughs> like I can I can very much appreciate a four page long documentation of my Absolutely. many flaws. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. And like I don't know that that's necessarily the case for most people. I don't know yeah. that it's not. I mean, I don't know that like that's not necessarily the case, but I do think that like a lot of people just, especially not only when it's like criticism on a superficial le- level, like work criticism or something. Like I think that pretty yeah. much universally people are bad at taking criticisms, but like, especially if it's like a fundamental part of your personality, mm. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? So, uh, after reviewing the four-page document, do you feel like the indictments against you were fair? Oh, yeah. They were definitely fair. The question, though, is, like, to what degree of, like, blame do I accept myself? Because, like, a lot of this has been, we just have two really different narratives. And, like, I don't yeah. think that there's any amount of massaging that's going to make them align. <laughs> You know, yeah, that, of, like, really, what that really resonates with me. Right. <laughs> Where like my my ex and I, judging from the messages that she has sent me, have just very, very, very different ideas of what actually happened. Well, that's the thing. There's no such thing as a what actually happened in my mind. Yeah. It's There's just, never going to be like, an actual like this is like the quote right. unquote objective of, turn of events. Yeah. All of these things are just the ways that people experience events. Right. Right. Like these are all just like this event because there are there are things that legitimately happened. Right. Like you were hooking up with this person yeah. that, you know, like who is his friend and our who is his friend. Yeah, like, right. you know, someone like, who was very I, close in our lives, which is like pretty inescapable for him. Right. Yeah. Like my ex and I had had were having these like these conversations that legitimately happened about, you know, reconciling through our, our relationship. But it really seemed like we kept coming away from those conversations with completely different ideas of what was set and what wasn't set. That's why the writing is so important. (laughs) That's why the writing is so important. Yeah. Yeah. That's happened to me so many times. Yeah. You know, and like, I don't know. I'm I I would also I would I feel like I'm the kind of person that would also appreciate like a a documentation of someone's gripes against me. But I kind of just got that. Like my ex sent me like unsolicited, very long messages about everything that they feel is shitty about me. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't feel like the difference between I don't know. I I do not feel like their critiques were fair at all. Mm-hmm. And um, but do you I, think that I there's at least w- a kernel of truth in everything that they said? You know what I mean? There's not a kernel of truth in everything they said, but there. Are, I uh, what I've been saying is that they're. I feel like 90% of what they sent to me is bullshit and then 10% of it is founded in truth. Okay. And I feel like I can, I feel like I'm like doing a decent job of like fishing out the truth and like figuring out what I need to work on, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's also hard because, you know, this person's just really, really, really mad at me. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I think that when you write a note or whatever from that space, you know, like you're not like the way, you know, the shit that she said was not like none of it was constructive. You know, it was just like her airing out how she thinks that, like, you know, I misled her mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, 
and like, you know, calling me immature or saying that I need to grow up or like whatever mm-hmm. or calling me manipulative. Mm-hmm. And it's also weird because we, <laughs> me and my ex never had a conversation about why we were breaking up. So I think that might be one big difference between my, me and my ex and you and Asher. I mean, you and you and Asher were just like together much, much, much longer than me and this person. Right. Well, so and that helps. You, you barely saw each other in person anyway. Yeah. So it's, less than 10 times for sure. Right. So it's definitely. It was just hard to build that. Yeah. Like that level of communication, you know, <laughs> but it's funny because we both we both have recently gotten written, written manifestos about <laughs> about what's wrong with us. Mm-hmm. Um, but they feel like they're coming from two very different places. Do you feel like there's something ca- cathartic for your ex about writing that? Oh, yeah. Like, he definitely they- appreciated doing that. Same here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I just feel like, how could it not be? Yeah. You know what I mean? You're just giving this person that you're really mad at what for. You know, you're showing them what's up. Right. Like everyone wants to do that. Even if it's My even ex- if you never show it to them, I feel like that's like something that it, like if you're really mad at someone, you probably should just do that. Yeah. No, I've written those kinds of letters before. You know. And d- and did you give it to those people? No, no, no. I didn't. I never sent them or sh- shared them with the people. I just kept it to myself. Because mm-hmm. a lot of I, I do feel like a lot of the shit that you have to say from that space of hurt is like probably not very constructive, you know? Yeah. Whatever. I mean, I, I feel I, like I actually feel like Asher was really constructive. <laughs> good. That's good. Yeah. I mean, you guys were breaking up for a long time, though. You know, just stuff like, OK, refusing to apologize, like unwilling to empathize with his experience, invalidating his feelings, <laughs> damaging trust. Are you reading through it right now? Yeah, I am. And I'm just like, look, <laughs> all of these things are super valid. Like, <laughs> and like, like there that's are things, all true, dude. And there are all things that can be worked on, I think. Let me pull up mine. <laughs> <laughs> We're just like, we went from proposal episode to roasting ourselves episode. <laughs> yeah, this is just a breakup episode. Yeah. And, and fucking sheep's clothing. I know. I still think we should call it the proposal episode, though, to at least give it a veneer, like just disguise it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like people would want to hear the breakup episode more. No, I know that, but like. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, the, I mean, I guess for you, your ex is like, you don't give a shit if they hear it, right? Um, I mean, see, this is part of the the thing with me and my ex is that the, one of the prominent narratives that I felt that they were perpetuating was that I didn't care about them or that I wasn't, you know, prioritizing them or whatever. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> I do care. I do. I did. I did and do care about her. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. That was never true. And so in in the sense of like, I, you know, if she's listening to this and like feels hurt by anything that I said, like, yeah, that like, I feel bummed about that. Like, that's not my intention, mm-hmm. you know, but I do feel like it's it's hard to be in tune with how much you care about someone when you feel like they're just not fucking listening to you. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. like, well, I do think that like a primary. So like, you know, this, you know, romanticism video. The Elaine de Baton video that I talk about all the time. Yeah. Like a really fundamental element of it is this notion that like, you know, you can't, you have to, in order to be in a like serious romantic relationship, you really have to buy into the notion that we are all works in progress. Right. And that there Absolutely. is no final state point of stasis. Right. Yeah. There's no final product here. Right. Right. 
And that must, and that must then translate to your relationship too, right? Like your, your relationship will never be in its final state. Well, yeah, because be all good. And that, that you have almost a moral obligation as a friend of virtue, or I guess in the case of a romantic relationship, an erotic friend of virtue, you have an obligation <laughs> to try to make that other person better. And so instead of viewing it as like nagging or, you know, whatever, like lecturing, that you are viewing it as like feedback is a gift. Yeah. You know? I really, really, really wish that my ex and I could have had that moment of like mm-hmm. true feedback or true like reflection yeah, on what we think went well, what we think went wrong. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's going to happen. This person, like I said, is really fucking mad. At- you read their messages, right? Yeah. Really fucking mad at me, right? <laughs> like I've never, ever had someone this mad at me in my life. Really? And yeah, wow. really. Yeah. I, th- I think as I've reflected, I don't know if I've ever had anyone like, yeah, this pissed off at me. Yeah. And you know, I mean, like, I'm <laughs> the thing is that, like, I view myself as a pretty non-polarizing figure. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I feel like I don't really like, you know, I, I, I generally I think my takes are pretty middling and that I'm pretty chill. And it's like I try to make it so that, you know, it's hard to have that big of an issue with me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this person does. Well, I'm really curious, like what your partner that you're now engaged to like uh-huh. what your other partners feel about the feedback that you're getting from this you know x you know you know what i'm saying like yeah because i no, feel as I if have... that's like a great sort of third point of pers- right. like a perspective so, to have on you right yeah so this as, is the opportunity yeah. right the non-monogamy allows you to have which is like you have different relationships with different people and you can you know <laughs> you can bounce off these ideas right if you really want to right so i am someone that i i mean i feel like self-reflection is really really important so if someone says some shit to me like what this person has said to me my ex you know i'm gonna think about it for a long time mm-hmm. because i do think that it's important yeah to just like really reflect on it and i talk to my partners talk to my therapist and you know like all of these all of these sources are biased right but i would hope that these people would be honest with me and generally people really really resoundingly disagree with what this person has said about me Hmm, and and it's hard because it's like i i generally subscribe to the notion of like if someone's that fucking mad at you or if like if someone has that much to say about you like you must have done something and i do think that there's things that i did but i don't think that i did anything near like if you if you read the messages that this person sent me you would think that i was the worst sack of shit in the world right like you would think that you would really i mean i mean like being very serious right. Right? you would think that i was just like like never someone that you'd want to be dating mm-hmm. right like never someone that you'd want to be engaged to never like someone that you'd even want to be friends with right like this person really he's fucking mad at me <laughs> so yeah um and i don't feel that that necessarily the magnitude of that is proportional to what you know to what to what actually happened but like as you said what actually happened isn't real all of this is just coming like like she's mainly just mad at you for breaking up with her or was she like all of this stuff from like the whole duration of the relationship and it just coming now because it's ending um i think it's a little bit i i it seems like from her messages that she's mad at the way that I broke up with her. Mm-hmm. She is mad at the time at which it came. 
because we had just had a conversation about like working on our relationship and like building things out for the future, like uh, maybe five days prior to our breakup. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I think she feels misled. I think she feels like I signaled that I was that I was very committed and very into it, and then and like very much by her side, mm-hmm. and then I left, and I think she feels abandoned. That makes sense. Um, I think all those things make sense. Yeah, to some degree, right? Like regardless of whether, regardless of like the source of those feelings, sure, right? I think they all make sense. Like the packaging that those communications have come wrapped up in has been pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been pretty harsh. Um, it's been pretty intense. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, I don't know. I mean, like, I mean, I guess the thesis of this is, is like, I really, I spent the last, like, since the breakup happened, I can't remember the day, maybe like three weeks ago, I spent all that time being like, trying to be very, very reflective. Yeah. Right. Cause like, I'm, I'm very, I'm someone that's very self-critical. I'm not like trying to give myself passes. In fact, I'm pretty much the last person to ever give myself a pass for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard because like I said, generally I like tend to try to believe the people that feel wronged um it's hard being the person that you know committed the wrongdoing in in this person's perspective of you know how things went and it's even harder being like like coming from my own standpoint where i don't really feel like i deserve a lot of the indictments that she's put on me Mm -hmm. so i don't know i'm gonna you know like i've kept i'm still processing through it and i'm still working through it and like um and it's it's very interesting like experiencing this whilst experiencing like you know the joy of a successful proposal <laughs> yeah <laughs> like it's all it's it's, yeah insane. it's funny that all that is happening at the same time i don't think i think that's a very unique like this must be a very unique experience that like not a lot of people get right <laughs> <laughs> totally um, do you feel as if you're going through because you're going through both of these things at the same time is that causing like this sense of like, you know, weirdness to be processing both of those things at the same time? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Like I, <laughs> I felt it was, they were bleeding into each other. Yeah. You know, like I was feeling like very kind of like insecure and like not worth shit coming out of the breakup. Um, and like, you know, just trying to be reflective and like listening to sad music or whatever. And, you know, I knew I had, I had proposal planned for Saturday and like, there were, there spent a whole day being like, this is dumb. Like, why am I doing this? Like, why would she ever want to marry me? You know, mm-hmm. like, and it was like, yeah, there was bleed there for a hundred percent. Yeah. And, um, you know, I talked to my therapist about it and that helped, but I, and the thing is that I knew it was happening. Like I knew that like the, the insecurity that I was feeling coming out of, you know, this, this breakup was literally like trickling directly and affecting my my thoughts of my other relationship but you know i sought i sought validation where i needed it and talked to my therapist and like moved on or (laughs) trying to move on yeah but yeah no it's definitely i definitely feel the weirdness sometimes i just get this like sense of dread (laughs) you know like i when things aren't good in my life for whatever reason and i know that they're unresolved like i feel like a like just like looming sense of dread over my head mm-hmm. that was really strong the weekend that the breakup happened um and it's fading since but it, like sometimes i'm just like i get this like strong tingle that something's not right and i just like attribute it to 
you know, this there being a lot of negative energy in the world towards me right now. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, it's bizarre. I mean, like I, you know, this weekend was great and I, you know, it was great having everyone celebrate and um generally a positive feels there and now like now it's about settling back into things and like you know i'm just like now i'm just the same fucking guy that i was except i'm now that i'm engaged and yeah i'm still i'm still reflecting on the breakup that happened i mean it's my it was my first time ever breaking up with somebody and oh really it yeah i'd never broken up with anyone before wow okay and it's going i'd say stunningly bad like (laughs) as bad it sucks to be fair it sucks breaking up with people it does suck breaking up with people and I, <laughs> and uh you know i i shouldn't say like it's still going bad because like communications between us have pretty much ceased and have ceased for the last like week or so mm-hmm. um but for a little bit there it was going real fucking bad yeah like you know like messages messages come into my phone hot about how terrible i was mm. um day after my birthday fucking hot <laughs> yeah like uh you know i'm like damn it's my birthday i'm really trying to reflect and this person's like you are f- the, sack the worst shit. sack of shit you are nothing yeah <laughs> you are disgusting yeah and i'm like damn dude like, maybe i am disgusting <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i do regardless of how ba- you know how how much you agree with them i do think those people are pretty universally valuable oh yeah you know yeah, you need. I think you need. You need. You need haters. You need. You need critics. Because for like sure. it. It definitely there is this dynamic of like a lot of people are non confrontational and they're just not going to tell you this these things. Yeah, you know that's true. And to have someone that is not afraid to tell you that is a blessing. Totally. Oh man, tune in fucking next week for a crazy AI discussion. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so so excited for next week's um, episode. <laughs> the contrast between the 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 themes of the next two of this week and next week are going to be wild. Oh yeah. Um and no, I'm excited I'm excited too. Happy like sort of micro level like personal reflection versus the machines are going to take over the world in the next 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Your reflection isn't fucking, ma- it's not going to matter sometime soon, mm-hmm, brother. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> Life goes on. <laughs> um, no, yeah, no, I, 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 I think that these times, like the times of transformation, especially the times of like challenging transformation, like breakups are really great points of self-reflection and like watershed moments so you know that's kind of what i'm trying to hang on well i mean are, like, you're excited for the future right you got like so many things going oh on. yeah i mean like maybe i if my tone has been negative about my future that you know that's completely wrong like my future is lit and i'm having a great time generally um but you know i i think that i think that it'd be remi- i mean i'm experiencing a range of emotions and i think that it'd be remiss to you know not highlight the negative ones too right. the positive ones are just whatever they're not they're not very interesting to talk about <laughs> you I, know, i'm certainly excited for the future i really feel as if transitions are great yes you know I, having a time to reset is great i love i have a friend a joke with my friends like i love breakup season mm-hmm. <laughs> because breakup season really is like 
it's the time where everyone is deciding like damn we all need to move forward and like get on with our lives and like try and make some positive changes whether you're the breakup or the breakup be mm-hmm. um and look i usually say breakup season starts like mid-spring into summer i started off a little early this year mm, yeah, yeah um i think you did too yeah yeah look the groundhog died right like- yeah puck sonny phil is fucking dead <laughs> <laughs> what is seasons anymore yeah <laughs> so yeah go break up with somebody <laughs> or get broken up with <laughs> um and with that uh you can catch us at i'm the villain pod it's our twitter it's our gmail it's our instagram otherwise bye